Well, amen this morning. Well, it's good to be with you all. We're going to jump into the Word this morning. Anybody love their Bibles? Three of us. <laughs> I hope more than that. Anybody love their Bible? There we go. We're awake this morning. I love my Bible. We've been going through uh, an amazing series um, entitled God's Plan. And I made a disclaimer last week, and I'll make it again this week. Drake copied me. Just, I, I wrote him a letter. I said, you're cool, man. Do it. You got it. You got my blessing to do this. Uh, no, we actually wrote this sermon series um, well before I even heard that song. And I said it last week when I then was shown the music video of that um, song. I was really actually um, amazed and convicted. Um, convicted due to the fact that Drake was doing some really amazing things for his community. Drake was truly building his city. Um, and some of you are in the room going, who's Drake? Um, he's a rapper. He's pretty well known. He's awesome. Um, and, and I don't know him personally, but he seems awesome. Um, but he's doing a lot of good stuff. And, and, and to me, I sat there and I wondered, man, if Drake's doing this, if uh, I don't know where he's at in his faith. I'm not saying I do or I, you know, whatever. What I'm saying is, is if he's going to walk out that, if he's going to live out such a strong conviction of helping people, you know, what am I doing? What are we doing as the local church? Are we truly being a part of God's plan to see a city called Chicago or wherever you call home? Are you and I a part of what God wants to do in our cities? I was convicted. I was challenged. But more importantly, I was spurred on to see God's plan come to life here in this city called Chicago. And this is where this sermon series out of Nehemiah came from. Nehemiah is an amazing man of God. A mighty man of God. A whole book is about the dude in the Bible. Talk about some credit, right? Street cred for real, Nehemiah. You got a whole book on you in the Bible. There's a purpose for that because he was a man that knew that the city that was broken, that was devastated, the city, God's city, needed to be rebuilt. And God called him a, a, a cupbearer, a, a guy that was one that was serving the king, at the time. And many of you don't know this, maybe you do. The cupbearer was the guy that would drink the drink, would eat the meal before it went to the king so that he could make sure that it wasn't poison. <laughs> Nehemiah literally was eating his last meal every day. Because if the poison hit him, he's done. They know, oh, the king's not going to eat that food, right? Talk about a servant, right? Some of us are afraid to just say hello to our neighbors. Nehemiah's drinking potential poison to die. We got some work to do. I got some work to do. True. But the man had no fear except the fear of God in him. He feared God, and he feared God in the way that he wanted to do what God had called him to do. He knew that he was called to go rebuild a city, and so he knew that he had to step out and do it. And so he began to do it. And we've learned over the weeks that in order to do what Nehemiah did, we have to know that first and foremost, he needed God's presence. And in God, getting, God's, in getting into God's presence, he would know his purpose. See, Nehemiah prayed a bold prayer at the beginning of chapter 1. Praying is essential to the life of a believer. You don't pray to just get things from God. You pray so that you remind your spirit and soul how close God is to you. That was a good word. Last week, we discovered you, 
get into his presence so that you can get the prompting that you're called to do, what you're called to do. But today we have a, a something that is crucial. I believe this installment of this message is so important. This week is his presence, our protection. Anybody need God's protection in our lives? Anybody believing for God's protection for the city? His presence, our protections. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Nehemiah 4, 14 through 23. I wanted to give some background knowledge. So some of you walked in here, you've never had a Bible, you never opened it. That's all right, we have a Bible for you. And we just want you to do one thing, read it. If it makes you feel comfortable to steal it, because that's the kind of person you are, steal it, take it, just roll with it. Just read it though, amen? That's what we believe here. Just If you feel more comfortable, take it and go. But we believe that this word will speak to you and it will speak about you and it will show you the things in you that God can change and radically transform. So we love the word of God. But I want to show us this week, his presence, our protection. I really believe that as Nehemiah began to start to see the walls being built up in the city, he needed one thing and one thing only. He needed God's protection. When you step out from the prompting that God put in your heart to do what he's called you to do, the thing that you want the most, I pray that we want the most, is the protection of God. Protection of God. It's crucial. Every single day, a prayer that I believe and I want to pray is that I say, God, protect me. Hide me. Protect me with your shield. Watch over me and Rachel and the church and you all. Protect them, oh God. But there's some things that we have to look at when it comes to God's protection, when it comes to God's plan for your life. I believe God wants to protect his children. Amen? You can't, we got we to start at that baseline. God isn't just like, hey, I don't want to protect you. Go figure it out on your own. No, God's a God of protection. And he wants to protect his children. And he wants to watch over them. And we need to see this very clearly, that when order to walk out the God plan for our lives, for your homes, for your marriages, for your communities, you need God's protection. Nehemiah 4, 14, I'm going to start, I read this last week, but I'm going to start there. It's going to be up on the screens, and it says this, and I, Nehemiah speaking, look up and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. (laughs) I love Nehemiah. The Lord's great and awesome. That's all he needed to say. That's enough. The Lord is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your home. When our enemies heard that it was known to us that the God had frustrated their plan, we all, that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. 
I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. Talk about some long days. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. I read that and I start laughing. None of us took off our clothes, as if to think that they would take off their clothes in public. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth in it. God, we desperately need to hear from you today. May the words that are in me be from you and you alone. May you just pierce hearts. May you show us, God, your Great and mighty protection. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 His presence, our protection. I, I was reading this and I immediately went to the amount of things that I, we as people, hope in to protect us. Right? Even some of the littlest things that in life we just put on or, or take a hold of just without even giving second thought that it's supposed to protect us. I, I think about these things, these, even these little tiny things, right? Like, like a seatbelt, right? How, we, just, we just put a seatbelt on. We don't think about it. We don't wonder. We just do it because we know it's going to protect us. We've seen it. We, many of you are, have been protected by seatbelts. That's awesome. I, I think about helmets in sports, and they just put them on, and they protect these men and women. It's just something that they do. They don't second guess it. They don't wonder. They just do it, right? They don't give thought to, is this going to protect me or not? They just go, put it on, and go out. I, I think about roller coasters. <laughs> Those little seatbelts. <laughs> like that's the best that they could do for us during that experience. I'm 31 now. <laughs> I don't want to go on roller coasters anymore. My wife's like, let's go jump out of an airplane and, and skydive. And I'm like, why? Because this is part of what our conversation was. She was like, well, we have a parachute. I'm like, this is a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this airplane. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. I don't care if my protection's a, a parachute. We put our protection and hope in our 401s. We put our protection and hope in our jobs. We put our protection and hope in a relationship that has zero protection over you. We put our hope and trust and in, in, in faith in protection of our bank accounts. This is just the human nature. This is JP. We put our hope and our trust and our, and our hope of protection in so many things. Good things. Don't get me wrong. Wear your seatbelt. If you go on a roller coaster, put the straps over you. Don't try to be that guy like, I wonder if gravity is going to hold me in the seat. Don't. And then be like, Pastor told me. I heard, heard it from heaven. No, you didn't. <laughs> you heard that from your own brain. But I wonder today if we have a deep revelation that our God in heaven, that we love and we serve, and that we know sent his son Jesus to die for us, wants to protect us. That if we wake up every single day of our lives, like Nehemiah did, when he had such a call and such a commission to go and see a city change, I wonder if we wake up in our morning time or whenever you wake up, some of you college students at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, no matter when you wake up, I wonder if in those moments you're like, I'm waking up today serving the God of protection. I'm not going to put my hope, I'm not going to put my trust, I'm not going to put my, my all being in these things. It's not bad things. 
We need money to operate, right? They're not wrong things, but oftentimes we fall prey to putting the wrong hope and trust in things. And God's standing in heaven going, are you ready to finally put your hope and trust in me? And I think Nehemiah shows us that when we get alone with God, when we're a part of God's plan for our lives, when we are able to experience and to see God do great and mighty things, it starts with his presence. It starts with him then prompting us. It starts then with him protecting us. You are able and you are free to walk out every single day of this thing called life, no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens to you. You're able to stand on your feet and go, I serve a God in heaven, and he is a God of protection over my life. Some of you think that God's not protecting you. Some of you think so many bad things have happened to you, things of your past, things that are just terrible, Stuff that has happened and you think, no, my God could never protect me now. I've done too much. Let me just be the first to tell you maybe today. He loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. And let me tell you something right now. Above all else, if you don't hear anything else, he wants to watch over you and protect you. He is so in love with his children. He's so in love with his children that he's so in love that he's like, yo, you keep running from my protection, but I'm still going to have my arms open for you. I'm still going to call you back into my house. I'm still going to call you back into my presence because I want to protect you. I love my God that protects me. I don't know about you, but I I need him to protect me. Because when I do some dumb stuff, I need the grace of God to call me back into his presence and to call me back into where where he wants for me, and I need the covering of God. See, many of us want God, but we don't want the covering of God. Because in the covering of God, when he is trying to protect you, this is in my notes, sometimes he's going to take stuff from you. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Just keep talking about protection. It's all encompassing because when God starts to protect you, when he starts to watch over your life, when he starts to say, hey, let me be the God that I am, always been, and always will be. Let me be the protecting God. He might say, hey, those friends, they're not your friends. (laughs) Find some new friends. Show me your friends, your five friends. I'm going to show you where you're going to go the next five years of your life. Promise you. Sometimes you're like, yo, God, protect me. And he's like, yo, I'm trying to protect you, but you keep running back to that toxic relationship. You keep running back to that substance. You keep running back to that that thing that's just making you feel like you're fixed. No. He's saying, hey, today, I want to protect you. I want to call you to greater things. He called Nehemiah to great and mighty things. Talk about a guy that built a city and is remembered for it thousands and thousands of years later. Is it it just me or is that not awesome? Maybe if I could be remembered for like five years after I pass, that'd be great. This dude's like thousands of years after his death. You know why? Because he said, God, I'm done running. I'm done playing. I need your protection. And in your presence, I get your protection. In your presence, I get your prompting. In your presence, I get your protection. In your presence, I get my prompting. I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's protection. And in God's protection, I'm part of God's plan. Anybody thankful for a God that protects? It's just the beauty of God. But there's some things that I want to look at this morning. I want to walk us through some some key points that I see as I read this passage of Scripture. And I want to just encourage you with it and hopefully show you that In order to be a part of the God plan, there's some things that we have to look at when it comes to God's protection. The first thing is this. God's plan, first and foremost, 
if not always, <laughs> will call you to protect others then. What about me? <laughs> what about my problems, my situations? No, no, let me show you. Verse 14. You guys awake this morning? You guys awake? Because we're going to go after this here right now. Right now. Verse 14. It says, Nehemiah says, And I look and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. God's protection will always call you to protect others. I read that, and I immediately, the first thought that went to my head was, God, why didn't Nehemiah say, God's great and awesome, protect yourselves, and then protect your home, your family, your wives, your sons. Right? Anybody else think that way? Just, whoo! You guys come to this church for a great pastor that just thinks this way. I think this way because I'm like, God, like, you're a protector. So in order for me to be able to protect my wife, my family, my home, my kids, i got to protect myself. Right? Anybody been on an airplane with a kid, parents, and they're like, yo, you need to put the mask on your kids first, and then you. There's something to be said about that. Because if you're not taking care of your family and your kids, you're not going to be able to see your family and your kids. And I see this in God's plan that in order to fall in to the line of what God wants for you, you got to make sure that if you are getting in God's presence, let me say it this way. If you are getting alone in God's presence, you are protected then. Wow. So, so you don't need to say, God, now protect me as I stepped out. If you've said, God, I want to be in your presence, I want your protection, you're protected. And now you can step up and you can say, now I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my home. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for others. See, the church, can I be honest? I'm going to be. <laughs> the church is selfish. The church has been selfish for far too long. I need to show up to church and I need to hear my song. And I need to hear my song. And I need to have my seat. If I don't have my seat where I sit all the time, I'm not coming back to that church. Oh, you guys laugh, but this is the truth. Uh, me. Me, 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 me. The church is not about you. It's never been about you. If you know Jesus and you love Jesus, now it's about everybody around you. So now it's time to say, hey, God, guess what? I know I'm protected. I know I'm cared for. I know I'm loved by you. Now I'm going to go tell the world. And now I'm going to watch over for people. Now I'm going to care for people. Now I'm going to support people. See, what I see in Nehemiah is that there's a mighty call for us as the church to protect each other. To watch over for each other. When somebody stumbles and falls, we're there for them. We're not kicking them. Like, stay down. We've seen this in the church when someone messes up, when someone fails. The first reaction is, how dare you? Yo, we're all sinners. We've all been there. We've all done it. You just put a mask on and it looks a lot better than the other person that's actually willing to say, hey, I messed up, I screwed up, I need the church's help. Whew. Nehemiah says, guess what? No. In order to be a part of God's plan, in order to see him, we got to be having eyes for all people. We need to start protecting people. We need to start watching over for people. Hey, maybe you can't physically protect someone, but you can pray someone through a storm. Maybe you physically can't protect someone, but you can give them something when they have nothing left inside of them. We're called to protect. We're called to watch over. Are we protecting each other with our words? I hate gossip. 
hate it. It's from the pit of hell. We believe in hell in this church. It's a real thing. And I believe gossip is one of the biggest divisive tools in the church. And gossip, you know what gossip doesn't do? It doesn't protect anybody. Well, you may not be physically harming anybody, but you're physically, you're uh, verbally destroying them. So a part of God's plan, we got to say, hey, you know what? Lord, seal my lips. <laughs> have you ever prayed that prayer? I have. <laughs> Many times in the vehicle, <laughs> driving in Chicago. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we were in the car yesterday. I was like, Lord, seal my lips right now. <laughs> Lord, come through. Just seal them. But some of us need to pray that prayer. Because maybe it's been a thing, a symptom of you for far too long. You know what it's a symptom of? Your heart. Your identity. You don't know, so you gotta, you got to put down somebody else in order to elevate yourself. That's what gossip is. It's not protecting. It's destroying. This church will not be that way. I'm declaring that today. Can I do that? I think so. Are we, are we, are we looking out for people? Are we giving up our calendars and our agendas and our, and our time? Are we looking out for people? See, I think that there's a lot to be said in Nehemiah. I think in, in order to, to know this, we got to look at two things. In Nehemiah 2, backtracking to chapter 2. I'm not going to get through this this morning for the sake of time, but I want to teach this. This is important. In Nehemiah 2, he goes out and he discovers the city walls. I was speaking to my father-in-law last night about this, and it just hit so clear. And it was, wow, why did he do this? It says in Nehemiah 2 that Nehemiah, after he, he arrived to the city, he then went out to look at the wreckage. He went out to see what had happened. But it says something profound. It says that he went out three times at night. At night. Now, we were talking and wondering, God, why? I believe every word of Scripture is intentional. I believe it. And, I, and it hit me like, well, why would he go at night to see the chaos, to see the destruction, to see the pain, to see it all? You want to know why? Because Nehemiah was a great leader, and in being a great leader, he was protecting people. He knew, in my opinion, in my understanding, in my real revelation, I think that Nehemiah went out at nighttime so that he didn't shame anybody in that city. He didn't tell them how terrible they were in that city. He didn't tell them, how dare you let this get like this in the city. He went out at night when nobody saw him so that he could come in the daytime and said, I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan to protect you. See, we're coming at people way too much, shaming them, destroying them. I, I believe the Holy Spirit's convicting power is alive in our church. And I pray for that more than any shame or guilt or condemnation that would ever come from this stage. But see, Nehemiah shows me a mighty example that in order to have God's protection, we can't be walking around shaming people, destroying people with our words. Nehemiah saw it at night and said, hey, there's a big issue here. There's an issue. He wasn't downplaying it. But then he went to them and said, hey, I got a solution. That's great, right? Anybody... Thankful for that example. I am. Praise the Lord. And then he tells you in 4.14, he says, fight for the others. God's plan of protection never will call you to just look out for yourself, ever. And then there's an example that I thought of in the New Testament. Because I love the New Testament. I love the old, I love the new. The prodigal son. We all know the story, whether you grew up in church or not. But let me refresh you. Sons, one leaves, goes, and just squanders his life. Everything that God, his dad had given him, everything that had been done, he just squandered. He ran off. The other son stayed. The other son stayed in position. He did what he was called to do. He probably wasn't perfect, but he did what he was called to do. He took care of his dad's home. He was there for his father. He was there for his family. Brother A, who ran away, would actually be a younger brother, comes back. Finally, after realizing, man, I've done too much. I've ran too far. I've done it enough. He comes back. They throw a party. They celebrate. 
the son's home, right? That should be the posture of the church. Never when someone walks through those doors like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that guy's here. I've been, oh, my, did you see, did you see who's here today? Oh, my goodness. Yo, let this door be open to every sinner on these streets, every person that's lost and forsaken. And I don't want to ever hear, can you believe that they're here? I'm going to go, yo, God, they're here. But that's not in the notes. What is in the notes is this. I just think about the older brother. I think about the older brother, and I wonder if just maybe his response could have been a little different, how much he would have been protecting his little brother. Instead of being like, why is he here? Can't believe he's here. Gah. He's like, yo, let's throw this party together. My brother's home. My brother's here. See, that's God's plan for this city, for this church, is to protect people. Matt, can you come on up? We're going to finish. The second thing is this. Does that make sense? Does that encourage you? Start protecting people. Start looking out for people. I don't care if they spit at you, kick you. It's all right. Just keep loving them. Keep looking out for them. They'll come around. They'll come around. Second thing is this. God's protection keeps you moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Some of the greatest words of protection. In order to, to walk in God's plan, know that he's protecting you. And in knowing that he's protecting you, you can keep moving forward. See, Scripture says something powerful. It says that, that the people, uh, uh, I looked around and arose and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. And then verse 15, it says, when our enemies heard it, that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Everyone say, to his work. Now, if you just envision this for a second, there is a crazy situation unfolding here, right? There is attacks coming. There are, are, are mighty armies screaming at the people of God saying, we're coming for you, we're coming for you. You all are fools. We're just going to destroy the walls. In the past uh, scriptures it said, they, what, are foxes just going to climb up on the walls and destroy them? Like they were just mocking them. Right? You know what I think about God and his protection? His protection isn't getting you through the storm. His protection isn't when you get to the end point and the storm is done. He's still protecting. But you know what I think his protection is? Is when you keep walking through the storm. Mm. When you don't allow storms to hit you and immobilize you. See, Satan doesn't have to just stop you altogether. He just got to immobilize you for a second and wonder, man, in the midst of storms, do I just got to stop here right now? I can't move any farther. No, the God protection will keep you moving forward in life. That, that's a, whew. Defending against the attack was not the victory. You guys get this of this. Defending against the attack was not the victory. The people of God would not be at peace and security until the wall was rebuilt. But they knew that the victory was to just keep working. To just keep going. To keep moving forward. That's where the victory is at. Some of us think, I'm just waiting for the breakthrough to finally come. And then I'll start praising God. I'm just waiting for it to finally happen, and then I'll give my whole trust to him. God, come through for me, please. And when I see you all the way come through for me, then I will surrender all. I'll stand with arms wide. I don't even know the words. Surrendering all. 
I'll stand, God. But I'll only stand if you come through for me the whole way. And Nehemiah's like, no, 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 <laughs> woo. No, 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 no. The victory, it's us to get back to work. So even when the storm's raging and the word's coming and people are shouting and screaming and whatever, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep progressing forward. Some of you all this morning walked in here and you're just stuck. You're stuck. God, your plan, you told me your plan. I know your plan. I heard your plan, but I'm stuck. No, pick yourself up by the power of the Holy Spirit and start to move forward. Wake up in the morning and say, I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not a slave to depression. I'm not a slave to my bed because I just got to sit here and feel protected. No, God's my protection. So in the middle of the storm, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep stepping because your word shows me that I can keep moving forward. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Glad I had a good one out there. That, to me, that's beautiful. That it's not getting to the victory. It's in the moment of the attack that they were just like, we got to get to work. This church isn't just going to arrive one day. We're not just going to have it all one day. And, and when the building comes, that's when I'll start to give to that church. <laughs> Heard that far too many times. Woo! When they, when they have a, a youth ministry, that's when I'll start serving. Yo, we got chairs that need to be set up at 6.15 in the morning. Why don't you come serve them before you get before our people? Sorry, but this is reality. I'm going to keep moving forward in the storm. I'm going to keep walking forward in the attack. I'm going to keep going. And the last thing is this. God's protection will give you a sword and a trowel. Yes. God, give me the sword. I'm ready to go to battle. Give it to me. And then at the same time, Nehemiah says, not only did they have a sword in their hands, but they had a trial. You know what a trial is? To put cement on blocks. Been to doing it many times. I've done it many, many times in my life. I know very well. It's not sharp. It's a little bit sharp, but it ain't going to hurt anybody. It's not going to do anything. Try fighting someone with a trial. Actually, don't. Please. <laughs> Some of you are like, yes, finally. I can hit my neighbor. No. But I, I love this passage of Scripture because that image, right? The image isn't just a bunch of men with spears in their hands. But it's a bunch of men with spears in their hands and a trial because they know they got work to do. And when God says go to work, sometimes you need to pick up the trial and go to work. But at the same time, you need to have the sword and spear at your side at all times. You know what the spear is today? You know what the sword is today? Not some word from the pulpit. It's all good. I hope it's God-breathed and amazing and blessing. But if you're not picking this up every day and getting this inside of your heart, don't try to go fight some battles. Don't try to go be somebody you're, you're called to be because you will fall short. I tried to tackle many things in life when I first got saved, and I tried to overcome things that I knew I had to overcome. And every time that I tried to overcome something, it was falling short. The reason why was I was trying to work it too much. I was trying to do my own work. I was trying to fix my problems. I was trying to, to, to talk to everybody to resolve what I was going through. This is true. I was an emotional mess. I was, I was just a mess. And finally it came to the point where it was like, whoa. God said, I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to watch over you. And you're able to keep moving forward. But JP, 
You not only are going to have to pick up the trowel to work, but you're going to have to start putting my words inside your heart. And in that moment, that hit me so hard. Like the only thing that's going to be protecting me over and over and over is God's words for my life. And in the God plan, you need his words. You need his shield of protection. I, I know I say this a lot, so forgive me. But imagine if we as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, just receive the words of heaven day in and day out. Yeah, you won't need words from other people. I know too many people that are like, I just need an affirmation circle right now. My life is in shambles. I just need everybody to tell me how good I'm doing. I fall prey to that sometimes. I call Jordan, and just tell me, am I doing a good job? And the Lord just pierced my heart this week. He says, stop. You got my words. You got my protection. You got my sword to fight with. When the enemy's speaking at you, fight him with my words. When pride is coming at you, fight with my words. When, 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 when just, uh, just fear is coming, fight with my words. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. It doesn't say some. It says all. That's a big all. Perfect love casts out all fear. So you know what? I'm going to keep building the city. I'm going to keep building the church. I'm going to keep building you up. But in building you up, I'm also going to at my side and in my heart. Because that's the only way it's going to work. God's plan of protection will call you to protect people. It will call you to keep going forward. But it will call you to get his words deep within your heart. And finally, the band's going to come up. God's protection will give you God's plan of provision for your life. Well, where do you see this, JP? The last couple chapters, uh, uh, verses, it explains something. You guys laugh, but it said that they just worked day in and day, night, day out. Now, they worked a lot. Could you imagine that? Some of us complain after an eight-hour shift. These brothers and sisters worked a long time. But you know what's amazing? There's no complaining in that. They didn't complain because they knew God was protecting them. They didn't get weary because they knew God was protecting them. They didn't grow anxious because they knew God was protecting them. They didn't grow tired and weary and stumbled. No, they stood firm and they kept working. They kept going because they knew God spoke this. God's going to do this. God's going to come through for us. God's going to do what he's promised us to do. And Nehemiah's going, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going, because God's provision will be your protection. Some of you are tired and weary. Some of you are at your last rope. Some of you just can't take another step. I'm here today to tell somebody in this room, take another step. Watch him carry you through the storm. Praise him through the storm. Praise him through the time. God's plan for your life is to just keep getting after God and allowing his presence to cover you, his presence to protect you, his presence to be over you. No man, no word, nothing, just his presence, his words, his life-giving affirmation. That's the provision of heaven. These people knew it, and they walked in it, and they saw a city built. They saw walls built up. Are you ready today to allow God's protection to come over you? Are you done trying to do it on your own? Would you do me a favor and just bow your heads and close your eyes? I don't need to be long on this. It's just a simple question. Are you willing to let go and let God be God, the God of protection this morning?
If you are in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've been trying to do this yourself, been trying to make it work, and you're falling short, this morning God can come through for you. He wants to. Would you just slip your hand up right now saying, I need a God to be the God of protection over my life. Would you just slip your hand up? Slip it up. Who cares? No one's looking. Anybody else? Anybody else going through the storm? You need the God of protection to come over your life right now. Anybody else? Keep them up. This is a, this is a hand raised, reaching to heaven, grabbing a hold of his hand. Anybody else? Amen. I see him. Heaven sees it. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray over you right now. Jesus, this morning we just ask for your hand of protection to be upon every single person that is lifting their hands, God. God, we pray from heaven that you will look down and that you will see them and that you will know them and that, God, you will speak life over them. You'll speak truth over them, God. God, that you will not uh, condemn them, God, but you will bring them to, to hearts of repentance. And, God, you'll bring them to a place uh, of knowing that they are forgiven sons and daughters by you, God. God, that they will know that you are watching over them, that you are for them and not against them, that you are with them all the days of their life, God. That you, God, that began a good work is going to carry to completion. That you, God, is going to see them through the storm, God, and that they can look to the heavens knowing that's where their help comes from. God, I pray just a hedge of protection over every single person in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we ask. Come on, church. If you believe it this morning, would you stand to your feet? Would you just worship Jesus one more time? Come on.